Okay, we are now live on Indie Live Radio for a Friday night. This is the locker room. We are uh, here until 7 o'clock tonight. Um, joined by, well, I should say my name is Michael McTune, and I'm joined by uh, Graham Duffy tonight. Um, so, Graham, how's it going? First of all, I need to ask you, how's the weather? I know this is not a weather show, it's a sports show, but it's absolutely chuck, uh, chucking it down here. And that wasn't easy for me to say that word. Yeah, not too bad, mate. I was going to start calling you Michael Fish there. Um, <laughs> no, it's absolutely chucking it down here. We've not had thunder and lightning yet, but I believe it's coming, um, which my laddie is not looking forward to. But yeah, it's... Not very nice here just now. Yeah, um, so and that's enough about the weather forecast. Um, don't forget you can email us as well uh, um, throughout the show. We're here until 7 o'clock tonight, believe it or not. Um, what have you done to deserve me and Graham on the flag tonight? I do not know. Um, so you can email um, lockerroomindelive at gmail.com. You can also, believe it or not, Graham, I don't want you to get too excited here, right? But we're now on Twitter as well. I was expecting a woo or, or something there, but uh, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, too, too late. But uh, yeah, so um, if you want to um, follow us on the old Twitter, you can do so by um, um, looking us up on Locker Room Indie. That's Locker Room Indie on Twitter. Um, and you can uh, tweet us during the during the show um, or you can email us as well right let's get right into it it's been a busy week for the old European football and I think that's where we will have to start Graham um, busy week and it's been the first time for years and years and years I think when when we, we could say that all the Scottish clubs have stayed well Bar Rangers in Europe uh, last week. But in saying that, uh, Rangers did get that goal um, and that might be crucial in the second leg um, uh, as well. So let, let's speak about um, Malmo against Rangers. I wasn't uh, in on Tuesday night. I was out and about, so I never saw that claim. I know that you saw that game. What would you have used on the game? Yeah, I thought Rangers, you know, they played all right. Um, they had some decent chances, but they didn't really take enough of them. Um, I think getting that goal at the end was crucial. You know, obviously, not having the way goals you're now, I don't think I agree with that, to be honest. But I think going back to Ibrox, I think Rangers will win that comfortably. Um, you know, the goal the Rangers got, Stephen Davis hits the shot. It's actually too good deflection and gone in. But that's the kind of luck you need in these kind of games. Um, but I do think Rangers will win that second leg because I didn't think Malmo were that great. Mm. You know, they got two reasonably quick goals. I mean, after that, I thought Rangers were fine, but they just didn't take their chances. Um, but as I say, that goal could prove really, really crucial. Malmo's kind of, is it um, 12 games or something into the season as well? Yeah, I think that made a difference, actually. I think fitness um, really helped them as well. Um, as I say, I, you know... They got the two goals, but I didn't think they were that great a side. 
Um, I said before the game, I thought Rangers will win the game comfortably. I got that wrong. Um, but I do think they will win that secondly comfortably. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll just ignore that. That You said that they'll, <laughs> they'll win it. Um, and um, if you've heard Graham on a, another podcast, um, anything else, just, just laugh. Um, I don't think he'll be offended by it one wee bit. Uh, so, yeah, um, back to Ibrox next week then for Rangers against Malmo. And I think they, the the um, the full house will help Rangers as well. 100%. I think getting fans back in the stadiums is so important. You know, football is nothing without fans. Um, and it's been so long that Rangers have had full stadiums. And I think that Rangers crowd getting behind their team, pushing them on, I I honestly think Rangers will get an early goal. Um, and after that, I think they'll go in the game very comfortably. But as you say, having fans back in the stadium is absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be massive uh, as well. And it's going to be, a, I would say, well, I was going to say it's a big achievement for Rangers to win the uh, to get into the group stages of the Champions League, but I mean they've still got one more round after this, uh, the the playoff round, and then they're going to the group stages of the of the Champions League. Yeah, I mean if you're a Rangers fan, you're going to be excited. I'm probably a bit nervous about next week. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I saw who they would get um, if they get through this game, but I mean Rangers are a very very good side. Especially at Ibrox, they're very difficult to beat. Um, I don't think they'll fear anybody, whoever they get. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, yeah, um, I, I must get mad. I don't know myself that, like, who, who they got, but I think the draw was on Monday there uh, before the first leg. And uh, in fact, I think um, Celtic Aberdeen Hibson Johnson knows who they're getting, even though. They've, they've not played the first game yet, so I thought um, UEFA had done that a bit back to front, but that's UEFA for you. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like, yeah, for with no, we'll go into that. No, exactly. And I would say, just moving on, obviously we'll come back and speak about Rangers at the weekend, but they're, they're playing uh, newly moted uh, Dundee United tomorrow. They are. Um... I watched Sunday United last week against Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen were very comfortable. Um, I have to admit, when United appointed Tam Courts, I was very surprised. He's very inexperienced at this level. Um, it's a bit like when Hearts are being capital, to be honest. I think Lauren Shankland is such a massive player for them. And you could see last week he was getting frustrated. He wasn't getting a lot of service. I think tomorrow, you know, going up against Rangers, it's a massive game for them. If they lose that game and they don't score, because they never scored last week, two games without a goal, without a win, the pressure's going to be telling on Sam Courts already. I think mm. he's trying to get off a win tomorrow. So, um, we'll speak about that regular Scottish clubs in Europe as well. And it's brilliant to see that all four clubs um, had uh, kind of, um, kind of, very mediocre games apart from St. Johnson. I, I think, like, if you would be telling me uh, last night, you would, I would say, well, I was hoping St. Johnson would, would, uh, would draw that game. 
but I wouldn't I wouldn't have imagined that they would put in a, a decent performance as well and that, that helps against uh, Gareth Tassaray. Yeah, St Johnson were excellent. Um, they were under pressure for a long time in that game. You know, the first 10 minutes, they came with a couple of goals down, um, but they settled in. Gareth Tassaray had a few decent chances, um, but, you know, as I say in football, if you don't see chances, you don't win games. Um, Johnson got the penalty um, to Jason Kerr. Um, Chris Kane had dispossessed the keeper. The keeper brought him down um, and got sent off. So you're thinking that Johnson won the lot. They've got 10, they're against 10 men. They could go and win this now. Gallat has to get the equaliser. But again, St. Johnson held firm, as they usually do. Um, and, you know, going back to McDermott Park for the second leg, with the crowd again behind them, I don't see there's any reason they wouldn't fancy beating them. Would it be fair to say that, um, you know, um, if you were a St. Johnson's fan, you were like, behind the couch in, in the first half an hour, but would you say that as the game went on, like St. Johnson kind of like grew into the game a bit more? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's the first European game for a long time. You know, going away to a place like Galatasaray is not easy. Um, and I think they had to soak up a lot of pressure. Um, they did that, and then... When they get the goal in front, you're thinking, oh, wait a minute here, this is brilliant. Um, but I think the pressure that Gareth has put on, you know, it was quite intense. But St Johnston, honestly, even as a Hearts fan, as a Scotch fan, I was proud of what they did last night. I thought they were fantastic yesterday. And I think that second leg will be very, very interesting. And I don't see why, why they wouldn't win that. Would you, would you say that if you were... Um, if you were a St. Johnson fan or any fan of any club was in Europe this week, whether it's Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen or Hibs, would you say that it's important, even though the away goals don't really count now, but would you say it's important to have the first game away so that you know what to do when you can come back home? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I would always rather have the away leg in Europe first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you come back, when you come back to your own ground, especially like stay at Parkhead or Ibrox, if you've got that crowd going into the second leg, what a chance they give you! Mm-hmm. Um, I think having the away leg, having the away leg first for me is definitely a great thing to have. What about um, oh, um, so St. Johnson is playing next week against Galatasaray. Um, what about? Moving on to Celtic now, um, you would say Celtic was playing a, a kind of very mediocre team. I, I don't know if that's a fair comment, but, well, let's face it, they were a very poor team, I, I thought. Um, but I don't know what, what your thoughts after, well, after the Hearts game as well last week, but I thought it was the same old, same old from Celtic, but a bit better than, a bit better at going front, but the only thing is shutting the back door. Yeah, that Heart Celtic game last week was great, wasn't it? <laughs> um, no, I thought... Um, yeah, I don't know why I mentioned I that. I, I, gone... I had to get that in there. Um, no, I think Celtic yesterday, you can see things of what Postal is trying to do. Yep. Um, I think Celtic are going to have a lot of possession in games. I think they're going to be very good to watch going forward. But as I said, I think defensively they need reinforcements. Um, you know, they went 2-0 up yesterday and you're thinking, oh, here we go, this could be, they could want something here. Um, you know, they lose a goal 
not long after they get the second goal, and you're thinking, oh, another long night for Celtic here. But I thought for a lot of the game, they were very, very comfortable. Um, you know, a badder throws opening goal, another very good goal. I thought the new boy, Fudahashi, uh, um, looked very yeah. good. Um, he looked a very good player. I thought when he came on against Hearts last week, the substitution was too late. Um, but there was kind of flashes of what he could do. Um, I actually think signing Joe Hart is a really good signing. Um, I think he'll bring a lot of stability to Celtic in goals. He's got massive experience. Um, I think he will be a presence in that Celtic backline. But I think Celtic need reinforcements at the back because defensively they're still not that great. But going forward, they'll be fantastic, I think, to watch. I think what you would say, um, I know I know I mentioned the Hearts game and uh, and all that, good, good for you to feel, feel good about yourself as well, but I felt as though if, you, if you've been watching the, the Celtic game from maybe like um, maybe like the West Ham game, you would see what Andre uh, Poskakoglu is trying to do, build, build up by, bit by bit. Um, I mean, because I, I was at the West Ham game and Celtic skacked well that day and obviously uh, West Ham so, showed their class at the end of the day. And then like, they, they took on to the Michelin game and if you were a Celtic fan, you would be so disappointed because you should have won that game easy at Parkhead. And then you go into the Hearts game and I thought Celtic played well um, after maybe like, the first 10 minutes. Uh, Celtic you know, Skaki's very slow in that game, and then the the game last night, you you saw you you saw Celtic getting stronger at the front. But as I said at the, at the top, it's same old same old for Celtic. Just get the back. I don't know if you would say that if Celtic would keep the back door shut, then uh, and if they go into Sunday's game and won about four or five four or five nil without conceding the goal, would that help their confidence? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the Hearts game, um I think Celtic had a lot of the lot of the ball. Um after Hearts scored that opening goal, I expected Hearts to have a go at Celtic. Um but Celtic kinda of controlled the game. Um they had a lot of possession but weren't really hurting Hearts. Um, but I think, you know, when Anthony Ralston scored, it was a great goal. I could see the goal coming. Um, I think Hearts gave up a lot of the ball to Celtic. I think, I, even when Hearts got the, the goal through Suter, um, the second goal, I was never comfortable. Um, and Craig Gordon makes two great saves. Um, yeah. The nice Celtic getting yeah. a draw. He basically but came back. He, he basically came back to haunt Celtic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's one of Hearts' best things for a while is getting Gordon back. But I think you could see the worst things of what Celtic were trying to do. Um, I think I said this on another podcast. For me, one of the main worries is Edward just doesn't look interested just now. Mm. Um, I think last night when the team sheet came out and Furuhashi started. I was on the radio last night and they were talking about, oh, Edward doesn't look very happy. He's never looked happy for ages, to be fair. No. Um, but Celtic going forward, you know, they've got Fudahashi, they've got Forrest. If Edward gets his test on, they've got Edward. They've got plenty of talent up front. Um, I think for me, Celtic really miss Scott Brown in that midfield. 
Mm. Um, I'm not convinced with Sorrow. Um, I think, again, you've got David Turnbull, who, again, I really like as a player. Ryan Christie, who I really like as a player. We're going forward, Celtic have plenty of options. But it's just that defence, if they can get that tightened up, Celtic will find this season. Would it be fair for me to say that when Edward's playing, that's like Celtic playing with 10 men? Um, I think that's very fair. I think last week, Craig Halkett and John Stewart were very comfortable against Edward. They didn't really cause him that many problems. I think he had a header in the first half that was saved by Gordon. To be fair to him, in the lead-up to Ralston's goal, um, I think he was involved in that. Um, but he just doesn't look the Edward that you're used to seeing. Mm. Um, I think if you're Brighton or if you're anyone looking at, you know, if you want to move away, you've got to start showing what you're capable of and he's not doing that just now. And that would be a worry for me. I mean, for, for me, watching that game last night, if you were a Celtic fan, um, you know, uh, Christie came on as a sub and they scored a goal. Now, if you were a Megwag fan or, or yeah, Celtic fan, you'd be a bit annoyed because that, there we go. Ryan Kluski was on the park, what, two minutes or less than two minutes and scored a goal. And you would be saying, well, why is Edward not doing that week in, week out? We know of, we know he wants away, but I don't think, I, I think Celtic fans would say, well, if you want away, um, you, you know, the, the deal was if you want away, you, you need to start scoring goals for us and, like the rumour has been about five Ryan Kresge once away as well. And, um, you, you know, I, I don't think uh, Ryan, Kresge done, uh, Ryan Kresge did well last night coming on and scoring a good goal. You, you, you might have to say one for the, one for the head uh, and all that. But um, I don't know if I'm being a bit critical there, but that's the way uh, I feel. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Christie has so much talent. Um, when he played for Scotland, I thought he was very good. Um, I was surprised he never started in his parts, to be honest. I thought he would have played from the start. Um, I think he's got so much ability. Um, he's one of these guys that can create a goal at nothing. I think, as I said, if you are Edward and you want to move away, you have to show it for Celtic just now. Mm. You have to be on it every week. You've got to show that this is what I can do. Yeah. If you're a club looking at him, if you're a club looking at him and watching what he's playing like just now, you're thinking, ah, I'm not going for him. He doesn't look interested. You've got to show if you want a way, you've got to show that yeah. you want to actually perform. And I don't think he's doing that just now. I think I said this on, on the show last week and I said to you um, this week as well that you know, if Brighton is offering what was it, 20 million for Edward, I think they would be a bit mad to to offer that from. Um, OK, the English football market is a bit mad, as we saw with Greedy's. But, you know, uh, if you were watching Edward's performance up till now from last season, you, you would be lucky, in my opinion, you would be lucky if you can get 15 million. Yeah, I think a couple of seasons ago, if you offer twenty million for Edward, I think you were saying that's probably about right. Mm. At the moment, I don't, I don't think you would get that. He's not showing that he's worth that, mm. and he has to start showing that. I think the transfer window closes on the thirty first of August. Do you know will he still be at Celtic? I'm not sure. 
But if he doesn't want to be there, he has to show, this is what I'm capable of, this is what I'll do for you if I get to leave. And he's not really performing at the moment. And that would be a worry if you're a Celtic fan, I think. I know you, you were talking about uh, for the Harshay, but what about, uh, the, what about the, the other new boys in, in the team last night? Uh, Carl Starfelt, you know, I think he had a difficult day there against Hearts. Mm. Um, but again, I think when you're a new player coming to a new club, especially a club like Celtic, the size of Celtic, it's going to take time to kind of settle in. Um, you've got to get used to the new system, the new players. I think, I mean, I, I don't think Starfelt would have, um, he's probably met his new team just before the Hearts game last week. Mm. And to get, yeah. to get chucked in at Tynecastle, um, in a game like that, that was going to be difficult. But I think given time, he'll be fine. Um, I honestly think James McCarthy is a very good signing for Celtic. I think he's a very good player. I've always liked him when he was at Hamilton. He went to Palace. And again, I think he's a very, very good signing. Joe Hart, as I said, he'll bring experience to that back line. He's been there, he's done it. He's a very good goalkeeper. Um, I think Celtic probably need maybe another four or five new signings. Um, I certainly think they maybe need another striker if Edward, whether he leaves or not, they need another striker, I think. Um, but yeah, I think Celtic will be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mid to the front, they're, they're absolutely fine, but at the back, that's the biggest, that's the biggest worry. And, uh, you know, if they come up with... I, I don't want to... Um, if any fans of that team is listening to the show, not no no disrespect to that team, but if it was a better team, I think Celtic would have maybe get beat last night. Yeah, I think that maybe one Jablonic fan might have switched off by now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I think Celtic have a lot of worries at the back, but you know, Postecoglou knows that. Um, I think he will sort it out. Um, and once he gets all the players that he wants, um, I think you'll see a much different Celtic team to like last season or the season before. Um, I think Neil Lennon has said a while ago in public that Celtic still have players that don't want to be there. And I think they still do. Mm. I think getting getting 15 million for Christopher Ayer was a brilliant bit of business. Um, and I think Celtic needs at least another couple of centre-backs. To be fair, I think uh, Dane Murray and Stephen Welsh, they're not bad centre-backs, but they're very, very young, very inexperienced. Mm. Celtic Celtic need to get more experience in that back line. Um, and if they get that, and as you say, middle to front, they look very, very good. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens in the next few weeks with the transfer window shutting, just to Celtic bring in. Do, do you think, even though I'm saying middle to front is looking good, but the defence is a bit shaky, but do you not think that the goalkeeper would, would help them as well as you, as if the manager says that you've got a build from the back so if you've got a steady goalkeeper behind you that kind of helps the defence out? Yeah, def- I think having a ma- having a goalkeeper, you know, it's massive. You know, certainly like if a bar cast has spent, what was it, four and a half million on? Um, they had Scott Bain, who for me the goal against Celtic, the goal against Hearts last week, John Souter's goal. His positioning was very suspect. Um, I think if you look back to the cup final 
um, the Celtic Hearts game, the 3-3 game, they had Connor Hazard in goal. Um, and even then, I didn't think he was that great, but he saved two penalties that won them mm, the game. Yeah. And Celtic um, got for him a new deal. Oh, did they? I never yeah, knew that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right after that game. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, having a experienced goalkeeper is going to be massive for them. Um, and I think Joe Hart, as I said, is a very good goalkeeper. And I think he will have a massive impact on that Celtic defence. Hmm. Um, so if you if you've got any views on Edward or the goalkeeper or the defence or the midfield or the strikers or, or whatever you want, you can email us at lockerroomindelive at gmail dot com or you can um follow us on Twitter at Lockerroom um on Twitter as well. So would you think that Celtic would be comfortable at going through next week? Looking at that game last night, I think they might have a few more goals in them. I mean, Celtic. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jablonic there. Um, no, I think Celtic should have far more than enough to beat that team. Um, again, I think Celtic will have quite a big crowd at Parkhead. Um, I think an early goal, and I think that team will crumble, and I think they'll score quite a few. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many I don't know if Postacoglu will make many changes um, I, I don't know if he'll have anyone else in for that game but nah I can't see any issues for Celtic but then I said last week that Rangers will win that first game comfortable than ever but keep it wrong you never know yeah but yeah. I, think, uh, I yeah. think Celtic I think Celtic will win comfortably though well, you never know. Charlie Mugler said Celtic were winning comfortably and when they were 3 uh, one up or something then but as I say, football's a funnel game. It's a funnel game. Um, let, let's go on to speak to Aberdeen game. I, I don't know about you, but I never saw much of that game last night. I only saw bits and pieces just because uh, the St. Johnson game was really on at the same time, and uh, I was watching that one as well. But uh, uh, two each uh, away from home. Oh, Michael, you need to do your research, son. Aberdeen won 3-2. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, okay, 3-2, yeah. Yeah, sorry, just egg at that bit. Oh, no, we're live, okay, yeah. Um, that's what you get when you go on to the Aberdeen website. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aberdeen's got a website, really? <laughs> um, no, I... I watched parts of the Aberdeen game. Um, I you know, the, the, show was, the, the show was going well up to that point. <laughs> I'll be all right I know. It can, only go down, it can only go downhill from here. Yeah, it was getting um, away, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I watched Aberdeen against Burnley United last week and I thought they were very comfortable. Um, I think Stephen Glass has made some very good additions. Bringing Scott Brown for me has been a brilliant bit of business. Um, the guy they've got up front, Christian Ramirez, he has been very impressive for me. Um, again, he got two goals last night. Um, I thought Aberdeen again, they went 2-0 up and I thought they're going to win this comfortably. But Breda Bleck, who they played, um, pulled one back to make it 2-1. It then went 2-2 and you're thinking, well, 2-2 away for home is not a bad result. Um, but, you know, Ramirez, I honestly think Ramirez is a very good player. I think he'll score quite a few goals in the Scottish League um, again Lewis Ferguson got a goal last night I think he's an excellent player playing alongside Scott Brown again away from home winning the game go back to Petaudry and I think Aberdeen 
will win that home game as well comfortably because I, I don't think Breda Black were that great. So I think Aberdeen should win that game at home. I'm just writing down here. I don't know if you can see it on, on a bit of paper. Michael, do your research before the show next week. And big capital <laughs> letters. I'm going to get stuck off the off off Edinburgh gets listening to this. But uh, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, Aberdeen fans. Yeah, but it's just uh, I'm going to cover. I'm going to cover up what I was saying a wee bit, maybe. But it's still a bit funny to see Scott Brown playing in the red and white. I know it's a, it's very weird. Um, I was watching the Aberdeen United game last week. Watching him. Kind of patrol that midfield on an Aberdeen shirt just looked very strange. Mm. Um, but he looks, you know, he looks at home there. To be honest, him and Lewis Ferguson seem to have quite a good partnership going already in that midfield. Um, and I think Aberdeen have made some very good signings. Um, they've got J. Emmanuel Thomas, the Jet, up front as well. Mm. Um, again, physical presence. I think Aberdeen will have a good season this season. I think they signed very, very well. I was surprised when Stephen Glass got the job. Again, very limited experience. But so far, he's done really well. I think, honestly, I think Aberdeen will win that second leg very comfortably again. And again, having a crowd at Pataudry is going to be a massive help, I think. I mean, I, I think as well that, I mean, Scott Brown took walk into anything and Scotland got this and, and still be a brilliant player, you know. Now I wouldn't get in the Hearts team, but we've got a new boy, Benny Bangerman. He wouldn't. Yeah, well, yeah, I forgot about Hearts and yeah, yeah, Benny, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's two points. I've kind of fell down here. Might be you might be presenting <laughs> the show next week, Graham yourself. Um, so there you go. So just warning you. Um, okay, so um, you would get spec all older Scottish teams to could go through because they're not round? I would. Um, even Hibs, um, I think, you know, they had a home game yesterday against Rijeka. I don't think Rijeka were that good a side. Um, I think Hibs should have won that game comfortably. Um, again, Martin Boyle, who started the season very well, got a goal. Um, I think they'll go away for home and I think they should be too strong for that team. So, yeah, I think all the Scottish teams will go through. Yeah, that's another point. I'm I'm having a quite a bad week here, but yeah, Hibs was the last team uh, to to speak about. Um, yeah, I mean, um, just speaking to you before the show. Um, I I saw the highlights this morning, and I didn't thought that team was up to any great shakes. Um, Hibs scored a goal, but they should have got a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know. Playing against these kind of teams is always difficult. There's always potential banana skin. But again, I thought his played all right last night. Um, they should have won that game comfortably. As you said, they should have won a penalty. But, you know, these things can go against you. It's just what happens. But I think going to that second leg, I don't see any reason why Hibs wouldn't be confident going over there and winning that game. Mm. Yeah. And it was good to see fans back in at a, a European game and... It's good to see fans back in at a game. It really means something because we we've we've saw kind of like pre-season games and fans been there. But to be honest with you, uh, uh, the game doesn't really mean nothing. No, honestly, it's been so long. You mm. know, last season 
um, watching some of these games on Sky and having that fake crowd noise put in the grounds, it just it wasn't great. You need fans back in the grounds. Um, I think this is such a massive thing, having fans back in. And now that some of the guys are getting capacity crowds again, um, hopefully Edinburgh Council will do the same thing and we'll have some Hibs fans back in. Um, I think it's massive having fans back in stadiums. It needs to happen. Um, I think even last week, watching the Rangers-Livingston game, I think they had, what was it, 23,000, I think, in the stadium. Again, just seeing fans in grounds is massive. And hopefully, long may that continue, because you need fans back in that stadium to make the atmosphere. Yeah, no, exactly. I think Zelkid's got 25,000 for this weekend against... Dundee. Uh, just before we move on, they um we were talking about this because we even though me and Graham have a have a meeting before the show, I always man's to get things mixed up as you as you can vouch for. Maybe that's why Matthew's not here this week, because he said, Michael, you always gotta get mixed up and come on, keep up. What about the 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 new conference league that they set up, Graham? Yeah, it's it's a bit strange because from what I can from what I can gather, so if you get knocked out the Champions League, you go into Europa League. Yeah. If you then get knocked out Europa yeah. qualifiers, you go into the Conference yeah. qualifiers. So you basically got three chances in yeah. Europe. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think if you're in Europe and you get knocked out, you get knocked out. It's just tough. It's a cup competition. I think this Conference League. It's very, very strange. Um, I don't think I'm a massive fan of it. But you know what? See for the teams that are in it. Fair enough. You know, you try and go as far as you can. But I just think if you get knocked out of the Champions League, you've then got two other chances to stay in Europe. I really, to be honest, I just don't agree with it. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, in Scotland, like, if I say, like, the Scottish Cup, you play a game, you get beat, you're out. And that's the same with the league, uh, the Scottish Cup or the League Cup or the FA Cup or whatever, or the Egg Cup or whatever. But in European Cup, it's like, well, we get beat, but let's go in Europe. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, see in the Champions League group stages, you've basically got six games. But if you finish third in your group, you're basically out, but you go into Europa League. I don't agree with that. You've had six Champions League games. You weren't good enough. You should be out of Europe. That's just the way it should be. You know, it's it's like you say, if you got not to the Scottish Cup, you're out. You don't get another chance. You don't get another competition. So I don't agree with that. Um, but again, it's the Europe, it's UEFA and that idea. So if that's what they want to do, then fine. But, but I mean, I'm just not a massive fan of it. I mean, I think it's good going back to last season, what we were talking about, uh, well, me and Matthew at the time, uh, was the European Super League. And this is a bit like the like European Super League in a way, because they're still going to make money. But if you're, if you're going to go to the Champions League, you're going to the Europa Cup. And if you get knocked out of that, you're still in Europe anyway. So... Uh, all the chairmen will be rubbing their hands because they're still going to make money. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that you know that whole European Super League was just a daft idea. It was never going to happen. Mm. Um, I had to laugh though when they talked about Tottenham going to, uh, to that uh, league. 
it's as somebody said, it's like me going to the crucible putting fifty p down on the table for next game. You know, <laughs> I bet we're good win. We're good win that. Probably not. Um, I just think it's a crazy idea. But as I said, for the teams that are in it, especially the Scottish teams, it's absolutely you know fair play to them. I hope they do well. But I just don't agree with the concept of it. Yeah. No, I know. I know exactly. I suppose that um, from a Scott Scotty's point of view. Um, and no disrespect again to Aberdeen or St Johnson, but I think that would help Aberdeen and St Johnson in terms of the, the financial aspect. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I think it's a, it would be a massive cash thing for them. Um, you know, if they can get as far as they can go, but again, you know, all these things depend on the draw. You know, if you get a decent draw in the next round, the further you get, the more money you get. But we had um, hearts a few years ago when we were in Europe for the last time. We got knocked out by a team called Barkakara in the very first round. We were absolutely awful. Um, and I was honestly, I was gutted to get knocked out because the further you get, the more money you get. Yep. Um, I think financially, it is a massive for these kind of clubs. Yep, so... Obviously, um, but yeah, I mean, so I think it's here to stay, maybe, um, the the Conference League and, and, and all that. And there's an argument on Gaskang as well, is like, if they were going to make a new competition, why play it on the same night as the, the Europa Cup? I know, I think that's another crazy idea, um, because they've easily switched that to a different night, Be- but... Because either they, they could actually play it on a flag of night. Because <laughs> when you think of it, you've got Champions League Tuesday and Wednesday, right? And then you've got the Europa Cup on Thursday. And then the Europe, the, uh, the the Conference League on a Friday or on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, see, though, if you sometimes get, like, Scottish games or sometimes even English games on a Friday night, mm. which is probably why they wouldn't. Which is probably why they wouldn't do it. Like next week, for example, um, you've got the opening of the English Premiership, Brentford Arsenal on a Friday night. So I don't think they would change it to a Friday night. But I do agree they could have changed it to a different night rather than having it on the same night as the Europa League. Yeah, no, it just seemed a bit baffling as well. And because when when you look at all the games last night, Celtic, ha, uh, Celtic has. Aberdeen, um, and yeah, and and you forget what competitions they're in. But when you look at the fixtures, they they were all in different competitions. It's a bit weird. I know I had to do a double take because I wasn't sure what one St John's were in and what one Hibs were in. Yeah. So I was kind of looking. I was kind of looking through the fixtures, going, "All right, they're in that Europa League, they're in the Conference League." I don't know how it works, but it was actually quite good watching, like, or. Keeping a check on all the scores for all the Scottish teams. Yeah, on I, the same night. That, it's been a while since that's happened. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. it's not too long that that keeps happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, let's look ahead to this weekend's football game. So you you've got the football fixtures there for the weekend. I do indeed. So tomorrow is it Tannadice at half past twelve. At 3 o'clock, it is St Mirren against Hearts. And then on Sunday, um, we have all 3 o'clock games. Celtic against Dundee. 
Hibbs against Ross County, Livingston against Aberdeen, and St Johnston will play at Motherwell. So that, let's kick off um, pagging the punt. Um, tomorrow at half 12 then. Um, it's the first time I'll see Dungeon United go on the telly this uh, season. But I was saying to you before we came on there, I'll be interested to see how the the new manager of Dungeon United gets on because he's, he, he's a kind of untested manager at this level, you would say. Yeah, Tam Courts when he got the job, I was surprised. I thought they would have gone for somebody more experienced. Um, I think, as I said before, you know, Dundee United's main asset is Lauren Shankland. Last week against Aberdeen, he looked frustrated. He wasn't getting a lot of service. If United are going to have any chance tomorrow, they have to get the ball into Shankland. Um, but, you know, last week, they've had a difficult start. Away to Aberdeen last week, home to the Champions Rangers this weekend. It's a tough start for anyone. But for a new, inexperienced manager, it's a very difficult start. Again, I think they'll have the crowd with them, which might help. But I would worry for them if Rangers score early. I think if Rangers score early, they could be on end of a high them. Um, but if they can keep themselves in the game, and as I say, if they can feed Lauren Shankland, you know, they might get chances. But they've got to take them if they do. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, I, I've always, I've always like done United as a football team. You know, um, it was funny seeing them in uh, the champions, uh, the the kind of like championship. But it's good to have them back. And as a supporter, um, it's very good to go to Tallardyce because it's very a nice gig as well. Yeah, I quite like going to Tannadice. It's been a while since I've been there, but it's a nice wee stadium. Mm. Um, and I think as well, it is. I've always thought it was crazy that you've got two Dundee teams in the same street with the grounds just basically across the road from each other. Yeah, I've always found that yeah. quite. I've always found that quite funny. Um, but yeah, I think, I think having both Dundee teams back up is great. I mean, this season you've got an Edinburgh derby, a Dundee derby, and a Glasgow derby, and that's mm. not happened for a while. I think yeah. honestly, it's fantastic. Um, I don't think you'll ever see uh, an occasion where you've got all the derbies on the same day. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously the TV will want to kind of show them. But I think, honestly, having the derbies back, I'm looking forward to all three of those games. I think they'll be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, um, Dungan Mikey has got Chalamo Glue, XL player back up from England as well. Um, what, what do you think of that signing? You know, I hadn't actually realised until I, I seen him last week playing against Aberdeen and I thought, oh, that's Charlie Mulgrew. <laughs> um, I think, again, another ex- experienced player. He's a very good footballer. And, you know, if you're looking for a, somebody to take a free kick 25, 30 yards out, you can bang one in the top corner. He's always been very, very good at kind of set pieces. I think he'll add a lot of experience um, to that United side, which I think they need. Um, I just think tomorrow it's going to be a very difficult game for against Rangers. But, yeah. you know, I think the one thing United need, if they can get to this transfer window without losing Shankland, then they could be all right. But if they lose Shankland, I'd worry for them. And... Uh- 
On the other hand, for Rangers, they're coming off a very disappointing result against Malmo. But in saying that, they're coming off on, um, a, a positive result because they, they beat Livingston last weekend at Ibrox as, as well. So what, what do you make of Rangers going into this game? Yeah, I thought against Liverpool they were very comfortable. They never really got a third gear. Um, I think Scott Wright's second goal last week was outstanding finish. Mm. Um, I think I said on another podcast, I think Rangers' Ryan Kent is such a massive play for them. I love watching him play. Um, I've watched him a few times at Liverpool. He's quick, he's creative, he can grab a goal. I think, again, Rangers have got a lot of strength and depth. They don't, obviously, apart from the other night, they don't lose a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a solid foundation at the back. I think Glenn Kamara in midfield is a fantastic player. I think, you know, they've signed well again. Um, I think the new boy fashion Sakala that they got up front, you know, he looked all right last week. He got a decent movement. Um, I think I was asked this question before that could Rangers afford to lose Morelos? I think they probably could because mm-hmm. I think they've got plenty of backup. Um, I don't know if Steven Gerrard will look to strengthen anywhere else but again I think Rangers will win comfortable tomorrow I really do But you say that's the difference between the old firm clubs at the moment that Rangers has got a sort of spine right, right from Adam McGregor right through the striker but where Celtic's just kind of building at the moment Yeah 100% I think even if you look at the backup goalkeeper um, John McLaughlin is a very good backup goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I think Rangers all through that side just look very, very strong. You know, there's very few weaknesses in that team. Um, and, you know, they can afford to like have even like Cedric Keaton on the bench, um, Kemar Roof on the bench, and they can still win games. I think, for me, one of the big players for Rangers is Stephen Davis. He's a very, very good footballer, very intelligent footballer. Um, but I think, you know, any team needs a good spine at him. And I think Rangers have got that. They've got very, very good defenders. Specifically, going forward, middle to front, Celtic are going to score goals. But that back line is something that needs to change. But I yeah. think Rangers have spent all through that team. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be very difficult for Celtic to, to win that league this season. But, you know, you never know. It's football. Things can change very quickly. So, you, you're the best man to speak about the, the next game uh, tomorrow. It's Midland against Hearts. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but Hearts will definitely be on the high after beating Celtic last week. And Midland will be at a bit of a high as well. Because, as you know... The fan, the fan that um, the club is owned by the fans now. So, and it's the first home game of the season. Um, so that will be a very interesting game as well, especially because um, uh, uh, the St Mirren Park or New St Mirren Park or whatever they're calling it this week is a very very tight park. Yeah, our record in Paisley is horrendous. Um, we haven't won in the league there since 2010. Our last competitive win there um, was on the 23rd of March 2012 when we won our Scottish Cup quarterfinal there by two goals to nil. So it's going to be a very difficult game. Um, last week, there were there were good points for Hearts for me. 
Um, the first 10 minutes, I thought we were fine. I said before the game that for Hearts to have a chance, we had to press and get after Celtic. I thought we did that for the first 10 minutes, but then after that, we kind of sat off. I think last season, I wasn't a massive fan of Robbie Nielsen. Um, although we won the league comfortably, the championship, there were a lot of very poor games in there. Um, he stuck to kind of a 4-2-3-1 formation, which didn't really work. This season, um, in the Premier Sports Cup games, he's changed it. He's played a 3-4-3, um, and we've had width in Josh Janelli, Gary McKay-Steven, um, and you've got Liam Boyce as a focal point. That's worked, and it's actually been quite good to see. I think tomorrow, you know, I don't think he'll change it too much. Um, again, I would like to see us having a real goal um, at St Mirren I think St Mirren last week against Dundee they were good um, they've got again you look up front they've got Curtis Main and Eamon Brophy who are you know decent strikers who will cause us problems tomorrow um, for me last week the biggest thing was we had our new signing Benny Beningame who was fantastic um, I think some people say he could be the signing of the season I'm probably going to jinx this thing. We may get injured and we'll never see him again because that's, that's a typical harsh thing to do. Um, but, you know, Paisley's not an easy place to go. I would like to see us coming out quickly because one of the problems for me with Hearts over the last season or so is we start games far too slow. That has to change. Um, we've got to come out tomorrow quickly. Um, I think St Mirren, you know, they're a difficult team to play against. Um yeah. I think if we can go there and win that game, two wins out of two, I'll be absolutely delighted with that. If we got a point, you know, would I take it right now? Yeah, probably. But I would rather go. I would rather get three points out of that. You know, going into next week's cup game with six points out of six. That's mm. a very good start. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you you don't want to come away from that with no points. So as you say, a point would be good, but. If you would say if anybody if anybody get off and give three points and now you would bite the hand off. So you know. Yeah, definitely. We have to be looking to go and get three points tomorrow. Um I think we've got the quality um in that front line. If he sticks for the three four three, um we've got the quality in there. Um I think something that made a massive difference last week for me was we brought Peter Haring on, who I thought gave us a lot mm. more control of the game. Yeah, I was have yeah. to be honest. I was sitting watching the game, and when we took Gary McCaskey off, and we then took off Josh Janelli, I thought, right, okay, we've taken both our wingers off, and we've put a massive striker on. Who's going to cross the ball in? Um, but then we get the goal from a free kick. Um, but I don't think he, sh- I don't think he'll change it too much tomorrow. Um, I think for me, the only change I would maybe make, and it's not because I'm not a massive fan of him, even though I'm not, but I would play Peter Haring. Um, in place of Andy Halliday so we've got Peter Haring and that Benny Beningame midfield and I think that will give us a bit more strength mm. um, and to be honest Peter Haring is one of these guys that can play forward passes and he can get forward so yeah I think tomorrow will be a difficult game um, you know Jim Goodwin is a very good manager for St Mirren I think he's done a fantastic job there um, and as you said before you know St Mirren fans buying their team is brilliant I think it's a massive thing. Um, so yeah, tomorrow's going to be a very interesting game, and if we can get three points out of that, I'll be absolutely delighted. 
You listen to The Locker Room on Indie Life Radio with myself, Michael McCune, and Glenn Duffy on a flag night. We're here until 7 o'clock, so if you want to, um, if you want to email us, you can do so at, um, at lockerroomindielive at gmail.com, or you can follow us now on Twitter. Uh, we're now on Twitter at uh, Locker Room in- Lock, locker Room Indie uh, on Twitter as well. Scott could come tonight. Um, we will speak about the uh, big game tomorrow for the British Lions and also we'll speak about the Olympics as well. Of course, but in the final days of the Tokyo um, Deleg Olympic Games. But it's brilliant to see some sports on the telly back-to-back every day of the week, every night of the week as, as well. Um, but um, let's go back to the football now. Uh, on Sunday, uh, you say the four games coming up. The first of the games, Celtic and Dundee at Celtic Park. Now, I was saying to you before we came on air that James McPake has been linked with the MK uh, Don's job Um I don't, I don't know what you think of that one, and I don't know what you think of the game as well. Yeah, when you told me that, I was a bit surprised, to be honest. Um, as I said to you before, Robin Nielsen was at MK Dons, and he didn't do a brilliant job there. I think, obviously, it must be a money thing. Um, I think McPake has done a very good job at Dundee. I've got to be honest, last season, um, when we played them in the Championship, the first game at Tynecastle, we won 6-2. I didn't think McPake would see past Christmas. Um, he has done a very good job at Dundee, got them promoted. I thought last week in their opening game against St Mirren, I thought they looked very, very good. Um, they were a bit unfortunate. Um, Jason Cummings was a judge to have given away a penalty, which I didn't think was a penalty, to be honest. I thought it was a very soft challenge. Um, you know, I think if McPake goes to MK Dons, Fair play him. I don't know who Dundee would get in. Um, I think on the game tomorrow, again, I think Celtic have got a crowd there tomorrow, haven't they? I don't know how many yeah, there is. Yeah, 25,000. 25,000. So, you know, I think for Dundee to go to Parkhead, 25,000 Celtic fans, it's a very difficult game. I think the one thing that will encourage Dundee at the moment is Celtic have given up chances. Mm-hmm. Um but you've got to take them, and that's not easy to do at Parkhead. Um, but as I said, middle to the front, I think Celtic will score goals. I can see Celtic winning this probably. I'm going to go 3-0 Celtic. 3-0 Celtic, there you go. And I've not saw Dundee this season, or, well, the season just started, but I've not saw, saw them in any of the pre-season games. But I did see them last season in the playoff finals, and and they did well actually. I thought they would have struggled against Rafe Rovers, but they handled uh, Rafe uh, well. Yeah, Dundee were excellent in both games, um, and even the two games, the final against Kilmarnock, I thought they might struggle in those games, but they were the far better side in both games. Mm. Um, you know, the game at Dens Park in the opening game, they should have won that by more. You know, the tie should be finished, but you know, to go to Kilmarnock. They were 2 0 up, I think. So they were forming up an aggregate and they were cruising it. I thought Dundee were excellent. And as I said, last season I didn't think McPake would see Christmas because they were struggling. He's turned it around. He signed really well. 
Um, I think the signing of Paul McMullen, who was at Dundee United, who's a wide player, he's a very good player. Um, again, another guy that's quick and very creative. I think the big thing for Dundee is Charlie Adam is such an important player for that team. Yeah, he controls the game. Um, he's got a wonderful left foot. And again, I think if Celtic give away set pieces, you know Charlie Adams' delivery. I think was it Sir Alex Ferguson that said when he was at Blackpool, um, Charlie Adams' left foot is ten million pound alone because he's got that great a delivery. So, you know, I think Dundee. I think they'll finish probably around seventh or eighth. And for the first season back up, I don't think that's a bad thing for them. Yeah, I, I was about the year last season, Graham, because I remember watching uh, Hearts at Tencastle against Hearts, and I think Hearts won about 5 2 or something in that game. And, um, we'll take a goal off at the 6 2. 6 2, right, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, Hearts, I've, Hearts went on to, to win that very well, kind of thing, but. Oh, looking back at that game now, I seem to remember that I was at that. Well, if I was a Dundee Mikey fan, uh, sorry, sorry, Dundee fan, I would be very annoyed at my team, and they would get the struggle that season. Not only to get up, but to stay in the division the way that they were playing. But hey, what do I know? Yeah, I mean that opening game. I think it probably. I don't know if it caught. I think the big thing for that game was. Um, Hearts had a kind of they had an energy and there was an anger about them because of the whole way we went down mm, you know yeah. the whole Dun, the whole Dundee voting scandal thing I think Hearts had that in their head they want to go out there and hammer Dundee yeah. and we did that yeah. um, I think Dundee defensively were very very poor that night some of the goals were very good some of them were very poor but to be fair to McPake he's turned it around and, um, again as I say he signed really well I think they'll be a, a good addition to the Premier League um, but I think tomorrow is going to be a little bit too much for them to go to Parkhead. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little uh, difficult for them to go to Parkhead because the game's Sunday. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we know what you mean there, Graham. So yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, I will, yeah, no, I will now. So that's two one to you now. So, so that's good. Well, again, I think we'll be fine, me and you. Um, who makes mafia? No, I'm only saying that. <laughs> um, so, um, there's uh, a couple of other games on on Sunday. Hibs against Ross County um, at Easter Road. Yeah, I watched a bit of the Ross County game last week. Um, I don't think they were brilliant. Um, St. Johnson should have won that game. They missed a penalty through Alan McCann. Again, I'll be honest, when... Uh, well, Malky Mackay got the Ross County job. There was a lot of folk against it from the start. Um, I think he'd said last week that he had hoped to sign three new players by last Tuesday. I don't know if they've done that. Um, I think Hibs at home with the crowd. You know, Hibs have started the season well. They went to Motherwell last week in what was a brilliant game of football. They won 3-2. They should have beaten Rijeka on Thursday night. I think they will be too strong for Ross County tomorrow and I think Hibs will win 2-0 tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what about the... Yeah, Ross County's a kind of funny team in a way because you don't know what you're going to get from them. You know, especially at home, but also 
maybe especially away from home as well, um, because obviously they, they've come up against the big boys and Hibs as one of the bigger teams on Sunday and um, you, you don't know what you're going to get, especially, as you say, Malcolm Mackay being back in, back in the dugout now for Ross County. Yeah, it was a strange appointment um, mm. when he got Malcolm McKay in. Um, again, people were against him right for the start because of certain things that were right with football. But mm. I think, you know, again, he's got plenty of experience. And I think if he can sign a few more players in certain positions, listen, I don't think... I've seen a couple of pundits suggesting Ross County will probably be relegated. I don't think they will. I think they'll probably stay up. Um, I think they'll probably maybe finish 10th or 11th. But I think, you know, going to Easter Road... It's never easy Easter Road, no matter what team you are. Um, but I think Hibs tomorrow should be too strong. I think Martin Boyle, as I said, starts the season very well. Kevin Nisbet, you know, he's a very good striker. Christian Doyle is a good player. Um, they signed our guy, Jake Doyle-Hayes, hmm. who looks a decent addition. Um, he looks a decent addition to Hibs. Again, I think Hibs will have a decent season. As long as they finish below heart, that's fine. Um <laughs> But, You're not nah, biased at all. Not at all. Um, nah, I think they should. Have, I think they're way too strong for us to tomorrow at home. Um, there you go. You, you've done it again, and I'm allowed to say that game Sunday. But um, I think that's two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just get my back in you. It's fine. Um, <laughs> now this game's on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Livingston against Marwell, and uh, again, Livingston's one of these teams you don't know what you're gonna get because Livingston's a bit right. Uh, Ross County, you always get a good game of, um, from them um, at home, um, but maybe maybe late away as well. But um, so how how do you see that, that game going? Yeah, that game on Sunday. I got that right this time. Um, that'll be tough. Um, Livingston are very unpredictable. Um, I think David Martindale's done a fantastic job at Livingston. Um, I think, was it last season or something, they went quite a few games unbeaten. Um, I don't know if they've added much to their squad. Um, you know, going to Livingston's never easy. That pitch is a leveller, I think. Um, I'm not a massive fan of that pitch but do you know what it plays into their hands um, I think again Livingston will be in and around that top six um, do you know Motherwell last week even though they got beat there was a lot of aspects of their game that I thought they were very good by the way I've got to put my hands up here and say I've got it wrong again I'm having a nightmare this week it's Livingston against Aberdeen Michael, come on. What's going on here? I know, um, I know. I should have figured that out. Um, no, I think Livingston, you know, I, I think Martindale is a very good manager. Again, it's another one. I was surprised when he got the job. I didn't know a lot about him, but he's turned Livingston into a very difficult team to beat. Um, again, going up against a very good Aberdeen side, I think that's very hard to predict. Um, do you know what? I'm going to say I think that might be a 1-1 draw tomorrow. What's um, Sunday? So, they, we are having... Uh, this, is, um, <laughs> this is myself and Graham's last show ever, I think, on the locker room. I think there'll be 
pulled into the office tomorrow and say, hey, you, you're fired. But anyway, who in the garden, sugar? Um, so let, let's speak about the last game on Sunday. St. Johnson against Motherwell. St. Johnson will be a bit on a high um, after going to Galatasaray because um, you, you don't go to Galatasaray every, every day of the week and pick up a, a decent result, you would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only thing I would worry about with St. Johnson would be fatigue. Um, they put a lot into that game. Um, but I think, you know, Callum Davison, last season, what a job they did. You know, winning both the trophies, finishing top six. You know, obviously, if Rangers hadn't did what they did, I think Davison would have been manager of the season because I thought he was brilliant last season. Um, I think, again, at home, as I said before, Motherwell, I thought last week, played very well, even though they got beat. I think they've signed very well. Um, they've got a guy up front, um, Woolery, who looks very, very quick. Um, but, you know, I like St. Johnson. They're a good side. Mm. Um, they work mm. hard. I think, I, you know, that Sean Rooney um, was brilliant last season, and I think he'll be a big player for them again. You know, St. Johnson, Motherwell, it's such a difficult game to predict. But I'm going to stick my neck on the line. I'm going to go for a St. Johnston win by one goal to nil. Would you say that, um, sorry for upsetting all the St. Johnston fans listening to this, but would you say if Sean Rooney um, scores more goals in the next few months, maybe at Christmas, that he'll be off? Yeah, I think he might be. Um, I think the moment will hold on to him. I think a lot of folk are saying that he should be in the Scotland squad. Mm. I think there's no reason. I think there's no reason they shouldn't be. I think he's shown what a very good player he is. We were, mean, know, we, 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 we were missing him at the Euros anyway. Yeah, I mean he's got he's such a threat in that box. Um, but not just that, he's very good going forward and at the back he's very very solid. Um, I think St. Johnston, if they can keep hold of him. Um, I think that'll be massive, but as you say, if an offer comes in for him, it'll be very hard to turn it down. Yeah, yeah, so, but sorry to upset all the St. Johnson fans there, but, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think that was the difference, like, if we had him in the Euros and, and we dig the Euro, uh, Euro shows here on Under Life Regal, but... Every night we came on, especially that England game, we could have, um, he could have made his name in, that, in a big stake like that Wembley because we were only, you know, away, um, a good, you know, a good shot goal away from scoring a goal. <laughs> yeah, you know, we always say that we don't have enough talent in Scotland, but you look at a club like St Johnston. You've got a guy like Sean Rooney, mm. who last season was mm. sensational. He scores both goals in the cup wins. Um, he's a marauding right back. You know, he's such a threat. And I think I think he'll be in the Scotland squad in the very near future. And I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if the next Scotland squad announcement, if he's in it. Because mm. I think he deserves mm. to be. Yeah, yeah, no. And Scotland's playing in, was it September again? The... The World Cup's back, the qualification for that. 
Yeah, I didn't realise the World Cup of Qatar is actually November 2022, so it's not that far away. No. You know, yeah. one one tournament yeah. ends, one tournament ends, another one's just about to start, so it's, uh, it's, it's good though, I quite like it. Yeah, it's about a go, 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 I'm all, all the same, but blame COVID for that, like everything else as well, so we're going to change sports ever so slightly, Skulls speak about balls, but not footballs. It's a rugby ball. See if I did there. That was a kind of cheesy <laughs> link. Um, that was a similar link there, Michael. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back what I gave away. If that makes sense. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the the this is the time of the year when the British and Irish lines go on the road. And uh, they've got a big game tomorrow night, Graham, against uh, South Africa in the third test. Yeah, so at the moment we're level at 1-1. Um, the Lions have won the first game, but last week I was actually watching the game yeah. in the pub before the Hearts game. Um, the Lions lost 27-9, um, nine points from the boot of Dan Bigger. Um, South Africa ran in two tries, um, but it wasn't the greatest of games, I've got to be honest. There was a lot. Every time you looked up, there was a fight going on. Um, it was very, very scrappy. I hope tomorrow's not going to be the same. Um, but, you know, it's a decider. I think it's a massive game for the Lions. Um, do you know what I think? Last week, when we were watching it, we were sitting there watching it and thinking, there was a point in that game that I thought the Lions might have actually won that, but the game got taken away pretty quickly from them. So I think tomorrow will be interesting. Um, it's a five o'clock kickoff uh, British time tomorrow. So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch it. But as I say, it wasn't a great game last week. There was a lot of bitterness, a lot of scrappiness. Um, and I think South Africa were criticised a little bit for their style of play last week. You know what? It worked. <laughs> you know, if you want to win, you've got to fight and you've got to scrap. It worked for them. Um, I just hope the Lions can put on a better performance tomorrow and win the game. Now, um, I might be a bit ignorant here, Graham, but is this the last game of the test? I think it is. Um, so it's tied at one one apiece. So tomorrow's a decider. Yep. Um, all right, so the winner kicks all tomorrow. So that, that'll be pretty interesting. There's a song in there somewhere, but I'm not going to sing it. Yeah, no, no, I, exactly. You, I mean, you've probably got a better voice than me. I'm not. I'm not absolutely sure. Uh, um, and and it's good to see that um, there's some Scottish boys in the British Lions squad, and also one of the coaches is Gregor Townsend, the manager for Scotland as well. So that's good to see. Yeah, definitely. I've always been a fan of Gregor Townsend. Um, and I think, you know, the Scottish players um, are going to do very well. And I think I read before I came on, um, there's a guy called Ken Owens, who's a Welshman. Um, he's actually starting his first um, British Lions test tomorrow. He's been in a couple of squads before, but this is actually his first time he's going to be involved. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. He's a hooker. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But again, I think, you know, Last week, as I said, it wasn't a great game of rugby. Um, so I'm hoping that tomorrow it'll be a slightly more entertaining game. But as long as the Lions win, then that's pretty much all that matters, to be honest. And it's very good to see that uh, Fry have uh, um, Finn Russell is back from injury. Um, 
in the Ryan squad, so he might make the bench. So it'll be a good boost to have him back in the team because he's a good player for for, um, for Scotland. Yeah, 100%. I think having him back will be massive. Um, I hope he gets some game time because um, I think he could have a massive influence in that game. Um, but, you know, I think had the Lions won that game last week, would tomorrow have been much of an interesting game? Probably not, because the tie is basically done. I think because it's level um, and there's something to play for, I think it should be an interesting game. And they're, they're not, um, am I right in saying them, that I, I've only saw wee snippets here and there, but am I right in saying that they are scouting the lockdown over there so there's no fans getting allowed going to any of the test games? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure 100%. Um, to be honest, I wasn't really, as much as I was watching the game last week, I wasn't really watching anything in the crowd. I was just trying to watch the game. Um, but as I say, every time I looked up, there seemed to be a fight going on. I was like, oh, what's happening here? Um, but yeah, again, as with football, you need to have fans back in the stadiums and rugby as well. The atmosphere they bring is phenomenal. Mm. Um, I, have to, I have to say, I hadn't been to a rugby game for a long time. Um, and I went with Matthew to our Scotland-Wales game at Murrayfield. And the atmosphere was incredible. We were sitting beside Welshmen. And it was amazing, the atmosphere. Um I think rugby brings an atmosphere that sometimes football doesn't. Um, it's much more of a kind of, you know, you could never have Hearts House fans sitting together, but you have Scotland Wales fans sitting together. It's very, very strange. Mm. Um, but the, atm- the atmosphere is unbelievable. So we need to get fans again back in rugby games as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, me and Matthew have been sitting this all about a year now, um, and when we skyked the show, we, we never had any sports on. But, I mean, fast forward to the now, it's just brilliant to see fans getting back into, uh, you, you know, um, Scottish football grounds as well. And as you say, rugby might follow suit, but it's good to, to hear that. It's good to hear the noise in the background. Yeah, honestly, I love it. Um, you know, that great phrase that football is nothing without fans, it's entirely true. This last year has been just horrendous um, without fans in stadiums. I think it is such a massive thing. Even on Saturday for that Hearts game last week, it was only 5,000, but it sounded like 20,000. Um, the crowd noise is unbelievable. And I bet you that the, the only people that doesn't like the fans being back in the stadiums is the match officials again because they got away with making mistakes last season as they do. It was not so, and then um, you know the fans are back in now, so that they're going that they're going to shout at the at, 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 yeah. at, at the fans. Yeah, honestly, I think if you're a referee or linesman, you must have been thinking, "Oh, this is so peaceful." And now you're like, oh no, I'm going to get so much abuse here. But you know what? It's brilliant, I think. I think even they would probably think, you know what? You need fans back in here. Sometimes you don't hear what the fans... Sometimes you don't hear um, what the fans are singing. Um, but having fans back in grounds, I've said this numerous times before, it is so important. Um, if we can get fans, if we can get capacity crowds again, what a difference that's going to make. Not just the football, but every sport. We're now joined by a very, very special guest, MBE, I think his name, uh, MBE, Regan Scrivens. He's, he doesn't need much of an introduction because he's a, he, you know, he's, he's about everywhere. So, 
All right, Re- Reagan, how's it going? My God, you doing? Sorry, I'm, I'm late. I was uh, stuck on the motorway there. No, it's okay. I mean, if it was normal terms, I would say, uh, did you sign a letter? Did you get a letter from your mommy to to tell us why you're late? Because it's not <laughs> good enough, Reagan. <laughs> I'll let you off with a warning this time, right? <laughs> no, but seriously, how's it going? It's been, uh, we, we were just speaking about rugby there, but it's been a busy week for football. It has been, Michael. I mean, uh, Celtic, last night, they, they played really well. I mean, Furahashi scored a great goal and then uh, Abada as well. But the defence let them down again, Michael. But I like the design of Joe Hart. Mm. Joe Hart's a good side. I don't, I don't know what you and Graham think, but Joe Hart for me is going to save Celtic a lot of points this season. Yeah, I mean, me and Graham were speaking about that at the top of the show, and um, we were saying that um, Celtic every day, every game that you you see Celtic this season, they're slightly getting better. You can actually see. Angie kind of building the team now, but uh, you know, as you say, Reagan as well. It's like um, if they can just get the back door shut, they'll be fine. You know, um, they're okay mid- uh, middle to front, but it's a back door, and if they keep that shut, then the you know Celtic might have a good season. But I think it all uh, all depends on the the defence. Yeah, I mean, uh, Starfield's come in, but I don't understand why Andrew's playing Beaton. Uh, I don't know what you and Graham think, but Beaton let Celtic down against Mitchell and uh, Michael, and then, and then Andrew's mm. played them against, I uh, played them at Timecastle, then he played them in the, the, the game last night where he, he didn't really do too well either. I think mm. Celtic need a, I think Celtic need a centre back. For me personally, I would go for John Suter or uh, Jason Kerr from St Johnson. I don't know what Graham thinks about that. You can keep your hands off John Suter, mate. I'm telling you that right now. You're not getting him. Um, no, I, you know what? I, I said this earlier on. I think the signing of Joe Hart is a very good signing for you. Um, I think he's got so much experience. He will be a massive help to that back line. But you're right. Um, Celtic defensively, you know, they're struggling. Um, I think Beaton, you know, he's an emergency, he's an emergency centre-half. That's all he is. He's a midfielder by trade. He's not a centre-back. But because Celtic have been that desperate, he's had to play there. Um, but I think middle to front, I said this to Michael earlier, middle to front, Celtic are very, very good and they will score goals. But defensively, you know, you need at least another two or three players in there. Um, but you're not getting John Sutton unless you pay about 50 million, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is he worth more money than Jack Grealish? Because uh, Jack Grealish went for 100 million uh, <laughs> today. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Deal is 100 million, John Suit 160 million. There you go, there's my offer. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we were just uh, going to talk about Nats, Reagan. Uh, we, we, we just spoke about the British and I, I this tour. I don't know if you've been watching the, the tour games. Yeah, I watched the uh, first game, which they won, and then the second game, which they lost. But uh, tomorrow they play the final test. Yeah, tomorrow night. So hopefully they can get a winning opportunity in the sky to watch it. Um, no, hopefully they can. 
There we go, that's a free advert for Sky, so well done, Regan. So, for that one, other channels are available, I would say, but uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, so we'll move swiftly on from that one, just in case Regan mentions BBC, STV, or Channel 5. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just saying to Graham there that, um, you know, it's brilliant to see sport back, but. I'm just missing the fans now and uh, you know I've not been watching the rugby um, I've only saw snippets on the news but there's not been many fans being allowed in I don't know if they're covering a, lock, uh, a lockdown in South Africa or whatever but it makes it a bit it makes it a bit different as well but it's brilliant to see fans getting back into the football here in, in Scotland Oh, I mean, it's fantastic, Mike. Well, I just bought my tickets for the Scotland games for the for the uh, World Cup qualifying. I bought all uh, seven qualifiers for the four the, the, the four men games and the three the three ladies games as well. I mean, it's just fantastic, but it's a it's a shame, like you say, that there's no fans over in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know, you must have been listening to the show, Reagan, because we were actually talking about Scotland as well. So. It's like Big Brother's watching you, but tonight, in your case, Big Brother's listening to you as well. So we need to watch what we're saying, Graham, because in case the fans, you know. You know, I feel like I feel like me and uh, me and Reagan are uh, good mates now after that podcast. I feel like I'm aunt to his deck. Um, who's um, I was gonna I was gonna ask Reagan actually. Who are the Scotland games at home to in the qualifiers? Uh, Moldova and De- Denmark and Israel. Oh, Israel again! I forgot about them. We play them every week. He's not played them for at least a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say before the yeah no um so yeah um yeah so so that's but um I think we spoke about this on the show last week, Regan about. How important it is for all the Scotland's men, not only the Scottish men games, but the women's games to be at home as well at, um, at Hampden Park. Oh, Michael, I mean, I, I phoned up yesterday and it's so surprising. I would say to anyone, if you're looking to go, it's only £5 for a ticket for the ladies' game as well. Such great, such, such great, uh, great value. So, no, I would encourage people to go along and watch. Scotland men and women because it's going to be absolutely brilliant and it's it's great to see fans back in. Now, Graham, I don't know about you, right, but Reagan has turned up late and in the first 10 minutes he's mentioned the prices for the Scotland games but also he's mentioned Sky TV. What else can you get in the next half an hour, Reagan? <laughs> What is the bingo number for tomorrow? No, I'm on. Yeah. Um, 647127. 647725. £64.75. £2.79. Yeah. You, you know what they've got to call the kiosks? What is that? Two metres, please. <laughs> so, but I, I don't know if that's clear or not. Um, Can I just say, by the way, 
see if uh, see if Postacoga doesn't do well at Celtic. He might be on that kiosk. Just got to say, he might be on the pies, but yeah, anyway, that's a different show for <laughs> another day. But yeah, that, that's a good link, uh, Regan, what you mentioned about the women's uh, football, um, because <laughs> we're going to speak about women's football in the, in the Olympics as well. I don't know if you, you saw the Olympics this week, but I just saw that Canada, Canada has defeated Sweden in the women's football, the penalty show, um, and they have won. I, I can't believe this. They've won the first gold medal of uh, Tokyo uh, of the Olympic Games. Very hard to believe that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I don't know if you saw any of of the games, Regan, or any of the sports. No, I mean, but you, you think that, like you say, Michael, you think Canada would would be a big country in terms of the sports, but that's surprising to me as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's... I've not really been following football because obviously the Olympic... And I, I should say that, uh, yeah, Canada beat them in the penalty shot to win a gold medal to beat um, Sweden, believe it, of all, of all the nations. But it's a bit funny because the Olympics is on it when you get up or when you go to your bed at night or whatever, but it's been brown to see sport, Graham, but um, there's no fans getting let in. I think the only uh, uh, Olympic sport is the the the, psych, the velodrome, they're letting fans in there, uh, but other than that, there's no fans anywhere. Yeah, that was disappointing when we heard that there was going to be no fans at Olympics, because I think, again... Fans make these things so much better. You know, I don't think there's anything better if you're an athlete or a cyclist or whatever. Hearing the crowd cheering and clapping and stuff, you know, not having that is disappointing. Um, but, you know, these are elite sports person. They probably won't bother about that. But I think if you were having a crowd there, it would be so much better. See, if you win gold especially, hearing that crowd cheering um, would be unbelievable. So it's disappointing that there's no fans there. Especially in athletic rigging, because you would think they would, you know, social distancing in there, because it's a big, massive ski game, and, you know, it's like when athletes are running, they actually, like, feed off the fans, could get all over the finishing line, but there's no one there. No, I mean, I think, well, you see, Michael, they get the adrenaline from the from the fans, and it's, I don't know what the, the COVID situation is in Tokyo. So I can't comment on that, but no, I think it's 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 different. But hopefully, uh, by the World Championships athletics or the European Championships, they'll be able to um, see the fans back in, and um, we can get back to some normal normality for the athletics. I was just reading there as well that. Um... I've been watching the hockey actually. It's one of my new sports. I would great. In fact, I would great take up hockey actually. I've been watching the the hockey tournaments in the last year tournaments. But um, Great Britain. Um, I'm just reading here that they've won. Uh, they they've claimed a bronze medal in the women's hockey by being India, believe it or not, by four four goals to three in that game. And that was earlier this morning, that game, because I think I was going to my bed and I think it was on <laughs> at um, half two in the morning, our time. 
<laughs> but I had to get ready for this big, massive show that I'm doing tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, it's good to see. Um, uh, I, I don't know about you, Graham. Have you been watching sports or in the Olympics or have you picked up any more sports as well? You know, I'm just frightened the idea of you with a hockey stick because that's without worrying. Um, <laughs> I've watched a wee bit of it. Um, to be honest, before I came on the show tonight, um, I was kind of looking at the, the tables. Um, Great Britain have actually won 18 gold, 19 silvers and 19 bronze. They were the very, very good Tokyo Olympics. Um, I think Laura Kenny had been the first British woman to win gold at three Olympics. Yep. So she's done yep. fantastic. I think Britain have had a very successful time day at the Olympics. And if I'm right, I think. Yep, and also the, the bet, um, I was thinking as well that uh, Laura Muir, uh, Reagan has won, um, has won silver in the 1500 metres final. Um, that's the best race of her of her career. And obviously she's from Scotland as well, so that's good to see. Oh no, she she's been uh, great for uh, for Great Britain and especially Scotland over the past the past couple of years. It's just great to see people who are Scottish doing so well and um, the the big sport. The, the the big sporting st- st- stadiums and that's very good to see as well, Regan, because they suffered a, a setback um, in twenty fourteen in Glasgow where they finished seventh, and um, you know they was disappointing in Rio as well in twenty sixteen. But it's like that. I think we we are doing well on the medal cable, right? But there's no there's no one there to see it. No, I mean it's just uh, it's difficult as well because I like you say it's so it's so early in the morning. I mean, normally I'm tuned right into the Olympics, but this time I'm I'm kind of falling away from it, you know. But I, f- I think when the Pal- when the Paralympics come in a few weeks, I'll I'll be tuned into that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the Paralympics starts on the twenty fifth to the fifth of uh, September. Um. One of my new sports, okay, I regret to kick up hockey, right? But I've been watching the, um, what's it called, uh, climbing, where they climb the walls. That looks amazing, that. I'm climbing the walls trying to wonder what you're talking about, you might go back. Ah, very good, very good, Regan, yeah, very good. I was actually, I was actually, I was worried that Michael was going to say the other sport he's looking at taking up a shooting. That was shooting in hockey. <laughs> That's worrying. Well, now, now you mention that, I went to the shops to get. No, another. I went to the shops to get, but no, another. But I, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, yeah. So it's been brilliant to see the Olympics as well. But you know, and up to a couple of weeks ago, we thought, well, we we weren't going to get any Olympics, Paralympics, because. There was uh, pro casks in uh, Tokyo, but you know. No, I mean it's absolutely fantastic that it's still being able to go on, but it's just a shame, like you say. But hopefully, um, over the next few months, we can get some sort of norm- normality back for people to enjoy the sport again because it's something that everyone's missed. And and also Laura Kenny and. Uh, Kelly Axeball won a Husker, they could go medal. I saw that this morning actually in the cycling 
They're very grown, so so that's good. Um, are you planning on taking up cycling as well, Michael? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's the ghastly, um, I, I could cycle with one hand, hit the hockey yeah. stick with another hand, <laughs> and maybe shoot. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but no, no. I think that's a big school for rigging. Big test and fasting, man. Um, and what do you make of the Olympic, the next Olympics has been announced this week, has been in France? Um, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. France is just across the world, so I might try and go there. It's just hopefully by the hopefully by then COVID, COVID, away, and we can all get to to Paris and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, nice weather as well, Graham as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think again, I really hope there's fans there because it, it will just make it so much better for fans um, in the Olympics. I think you need the crowd there. Um, I think you would honestly, the general and as an athlete, you would get from having the crowd behind you would be fantastic. So hopefully there's a crowd there, fingers crossed. What game is it? Surely to God, McRudia by 2024. Yeah, well, hopefully. I was just going to ask you about um, what game maker the Simone Biles cut uh, the American gymnast that she pulled out because of mental health issues, but she came back last week to uh, do the final of the beam, and I think they won silver. Oh, no, uh, no, they won bronze in, in that one, but what do you make of mental health in any kind of sport, Graham? Do you know, I think there's a lot of this going around just now, um, and I think, I think I mentioned this maybe last week, I saw a journalist on Twitter um, who basically had a go at her because basically saying, oh, she's quit because she's got mental health problems. Is that just an excuse? No, it's not. Mental health is a massive issue, um, not just in sport, but in, in life. Mm. Um, you know, if you go on Twitter, if you go on Twitter, you see people struggling um, with mental health, especially, I kind of think of folk that are maybe on their own um, during lockdown. It cannot be easy. Um, and I think for a sports person to be suffering that, you know, she could have easily stayed away. She could have said, no, nah, I'm done with this. But she didn't. She came back. Yeah. She's done brilliantly to come back. I think mental health is such a serious thing. Um, you know, I hope she got the help she needed. Um, and I think it's absolutely brilliant what she's done to come back. Um, so, yeah, I think fair play to her. Honestly, fair play to her. Yeah, because uh, Reagan, I mean, she's only 24, but she's uh, the four, uh, she's won four um, Olympic championships. And, you know, for a 24-year-old, that's some going. I mean, to come back from uh, where, where she's came from, from all the abuse she took, over the past few weeks, it's absolutely brilliant to get that bronze medal. I mean, you have to say, r- really well done for that, you know. And as you say, Graham, um, even though she's, um, she's part of our team, but it's not really because it's, an, it's still an individual sport. Where if she was in a women's football team, then she would have the female t- uh, teammates to support her. Uh, you know, it's a bit like um, golf as well and snooker and all these kind of like individual sports. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure she would have had support of, you know, all her teammates and stuff. And I'm sure she's had plenty of support from family and friends and stuff. I think as Reagan says, to come back and win the bronze after what she's been through is nothing short of sensational. 
um, you know, twenty-four-year-old having like mental health issues, it can affect anybody. But mm. the fact that she's come, mm. the fact that she's come through it, she's managed to get a bronze medal. You know, she needs to be applauded for that. I think it's honestly it's brilliant what she's done. And also, Reagan, she pulled out of five events last week, and then she came back. So she, she must have, you know, that she she must have really wanted to push herself and and all that. You know, she might be disappointed that she never won gold, but she she still won a medal. I think it's even great, great that she's even uh, took part in the event, Michael, because mm. it shows great ca- character for her because she obviously put, put out those five events because she's not uh, f- f- feeling mentally strong, but she's done great. And all you can say is, oh, hopefully she she receives the help that she needs and um, does the best she can. Yeah, it's a it's a bit it's a bit sad in the way um, we we spoke about this on the show last week about racism, but it's quite sad how we've got to speak about these issues. Nowadays, get to highlight the these kind of the issues. You, you would think it would be more, you know, straightforward uh, as well. And you think as well after COVID, people would have a right good look at themselves and say, right, I'm gonna be nice to. My family, or my next door neighbour, or my my teammates, or or even on Facebook as well, you know. And it, sadly, it's still there, Graham. I don't know if Graham's yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's something that's ever going to be advocated. Um, I mean, hello. Yep, you're Can there. You yep. Yeah, I think. I don't think it's something that's ever going to be eradicated. I think even if you look at, like, if you go back to the Euros, you look at the England players that missed the penalties um, and the abuse that they got. You know, these are young guys that have had a brilliant tournament for their country. You know, Saka's only 19. Mm. Um, you, look at what, you look at what Rashford's done for, like, the country, for the school kids and stuff, and he's getting abused because he missed a penalty. That shouldn't be happening. You look at, like, even the, the Glenn Kamara incident, you've got a player... Um, racial abusing them and they kind of saying oh I never said anything I was saying something else you know these things are never going to be eradicated and they have to be there shouldn't be racism and mental health issues you know it's such a difficult subject to you know to talk about but it's something that needs to get brought up um, I think it needs to be highlighted more um, you know people are struggling right now especially as you say with COVID um, and I hope people that are struggling get the help they need um, and I think you know, racism needs to be stamped out. It has to be stamped out because it's getting it's getting ridiculous now. Um, you know, I honestly, I felt sorry for like Rashford, Saka, and Sancho. I listened to a podcast after the game, um, and basically somebody said, "Oh, as soon as as soon as they missed the penalties, you knew what was going to happen." That shouldn't be the case. Nobody should get tarnished because of the colour of their skin or anything like that. It's disgraceful and he's stamped out. And I hope that something I hope something more happens with it. I don't want to go over old ground, Graham uh, Reagan, sorry, but uh, last week I spoke about this as well. But when you speak about racism and, and all that, uh, you've got to speak about taking the knee. And now I don't know if that now there was a few boos last night, the Celtic game. I don't know if you picked that one up for the TV, but do you think that that's... They need to 
all the football clubs now need to continue to do that now or do you think they need to do uh, try something a wee bit different? I mean, I think you need to look at um, Marvin Bartley who did a, an, an interview this week and said he, he was, um, when Rangers put that message out that we spoke about on last Friday night show, that showed that the Rangers as a club were fully behind it and even the people that didn't agree with, with the political notion of taking the knee, they still stood quiet for that one minute and, and Marvin Bartley said he was so thankful as a black person to 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 tell the Rangers fans for respecting that, you know, and I think it's about time we, we need to say that this is that 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 needs to be stamped out. I think that's one of the reasons you did get Mister fans last season, Graham, because the the the, the teams took the knee, and after about fans there, you would be you would hear boos every week on the telly, no matter who it was, you would still it would still be burning as well. 100%. Um, and I think I, I saw something on Sky Sports last night, I think, where they said that all 20 clubs in England in the Premier League will be taking the knee, mm. which I think they need mm. to. Um, you know, this needs to be stamped out. Um, and the people need to get the message across that it's not, you know, it's not good enough. This mm. shouldn't be happening um, now or anytime. It should not be happening. So I think, you know, I really hope fans when they go back to grounds and that, that they respect the taking the knee thing and they don't do it because it's they shouldn't be doing it. It's disgraceful if they do it. I was watching the talking about hockey again. I was watching hockey this week and uh, it's very good. Fifth of uh, September, so only a, only a few weeks away now to see uh, Team GB and competing in the Olympics uh, in the Paralympics as well. Yeah. And then when when they come back to the Commonwealth Games excuse me what do you think of that signing for Celtic do you think it's a good move uh, first of all Michael I like to see th- th- fans of clubs uh, bec- becoming their dream because that's a big uh, thing for me you know mm. if you're a Ranger if you're, if you're a Ranger supporter a, a Motherwell supporter or any supporter the one thing you want to do is put on the t- put on the team that you support um, Jersey, but no, I think James McCarthy um, sorry, is a great signing for Celtic. I think he'll be in the midfield along with McGregor and uh, Turnbull because I think Sorrow has been too rash for his tackles. I mean, you, I mean, you seen last night, he just gives too many free kicks away, and all, and also if you look at McCarthy as well, he's played over. The, 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 this is a guy. He's played over 200 games in the Premier League. He's played for Everton, Republic Ireland, and the European Championships. The guy has got experience, and that's what Celtic need. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's good to see that. Um, even though when uh, Graham, when some get signed for a football club, they says, "Oh yeah, I've always wanted to play play with them since I was a boy," and you're like that. Aye, right, but. James McArthur really means it, I think, and it's quite good to see. And he's a Celtic fan as well. Yeah, he's not like Morris Johnston, is he? Only two no. to play for. Um, no, I think, honestly, I think McArthur's a great signing for Celtic. As Reagan says, he's got plenty of experience. Um, what was that, a four year deal, I think he signed or something? Yeah, four year um, deal. I think he'll be very, very important to that Celtic midfield. 
the question is who's going to play alongside him? Yeah. You know, will they continue? Will they continue with Storo? No. Not sure. Um, I've said before, I really like David Turnbull as a footballer. Um, will he play Ryan Christie? I think it's difficult. I don't know if David Turnbull suits Ange Postecoglou as well playing. Mm. Well, yeah, I think. Mm. Sorry, Michael. Um, I think, yeah, as I said to Michael before this, um, during the show, Celtic back to front, I think we'll score goals. Um, I think David Turnbull is an exceptional player. Um, I think you can see what Postecoglou is trying to do. Um, you can see a lot of the decent people he's trying to play. Do you know, I think David Turnbull, I think he could put Celtic style play if they build a team, you know, around him. But, you know, I think the sign of McCarthy, honestly, I think is a brilliant bit of business by Celtic. Um, Michael, I don't know if you've done it already, but have you looked over the games at the weekend? Um... Yep, yep, I, I gig. Um, I, I don't know what you think of the games at the weekend, Reagan. Well, first of all, I know you're going to the Celtic against Dundee game, Michael. What do you make of that game? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be I'll be in the press box for that game. So um, yeah, so um, I think it'll be first of all. I think it'll be good to have fans back in the Skigan twenty five thousand this weekend, um, uh, and, and scuff. Um, I think Celtic will kick on, but I think the I think what what um, the the Celtic fans would need to watch is like that back door. Um, cause as I say to Graham at the top of the show as well, Celtic's okay mid middle to front, but they need to shut that door. Yeah, I mean I'm going to go for Celtic three 0 against Dundee. I think that's what Graham said as well. If, if my memory served me right, maybe not. See, we even we even think alike. How scary is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I don't know. What I was listening to. I was secretly listening to the show. Ah, right, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, nothing. I was, on, I, I was waiting to, I was waiting for Reagan to say, well, on the way back, I was listening to another radio station, and I was gonna, you know, um, kick him out in a nice possible way, um, over Zoom, that's, um, but uh, yeah, that's good. Like you were maybe not listening to the show, uh, Reagan, um. I don't know if you know this, Reagan, right? But um, it's a good time to say that uh, in July, um, the locker room is now on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, and you can add us or well, not add us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter um, at a uh, locker room indie on Twitter as well, and you can email us at lockerroomindelive at gmail dot. So, yeah, I mean, I was just speaking to Graham Reagan about the game tomorrow uh, against Hearts and St Mirren. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a very close game because Jim Goodwin's done well with St Mirren. They've got a really strong team. I like Jimmy McGrath in midfield. I think something should buy him. Yeah, but, he's um, a good player. Yeah, and I think um, that, that obviously the Jam Tarts will be happy last week because they... Beat Celtic uh, two one, but um, I think the score here will be two two. Two two in that one, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of um, 
the, well, um, and what do you make of um, Charamal Glue playing against Rangers tomorrow? Of course, that's the first time we'll get to see Charlie because I hope he's a better football player than the commentator anyway. Um, oh. Yeah. He was the guy that jinxed it last night. He said the time was over. They, they, they go to school. That's why I'm saying he's a better football player than the commentator, Regan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Big Charlie playing playing against Rangers, um, and I was saying that to Graham as well. That um, it seems that hours ago I said this, but um, I said it to him about this Dundee Nike manager as a bit cry, uh, cry and untested. Would you say? Yeah, I mean I, I expect Rangers to win that game four 0 tomorrow, uh, Michael. But I just don't think Dundee United are really they're not recruited properly. Like, I know they've got an American owner, uh, David Ashkar, uh, and he he's putting money into them, but you think he would go for a, a bit more of a, a big-name manager such as John Hughes or someone with a bit of experience? Because if you look at Dundee United, they were in the championship for maybe three or four seasons, and then they took a while to get back up. So you think he would try um, to steady the ship? The ship is to say, so I'm a bit surprised, and I also on the United, I expect Shackman to leave before the transfer window closes. Who do you think he'll go for, Regan? Have you got any guesses? Or I'm going to say Rangers putting your neck out there, Regan, but uh, yeah. I like it, yeah, I like it. That's what a pundit's all about, yeah. <laughs> And tune in to the locker room uh, transfer deadline day. On <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's enough to... Um, if, if he doesn't go for... If he doesn't go to Rangers, listen to Reagan trying to get him out the hole on the show. So I'm looking forward to it, Reggie. Uh, yeah, so... Um, what about the... We haven't spoke about this yet, um, and I've just slugged in the member to speak about it. The charity shield uh, game tomorrow night. Yeah, um, Manchester City against Leicester City. Um, this could potentially be Jack Grealish's debut after his £100 million transfer to Manchester City. Um, I think it could be a decent game. I'm not sure what the crowd is tomorrow. I haven't actually checked. It's a full um, house game. Yeah. I think that could be a very good game. You know, the curtain raiser for the Premier League starting next weekend. You know, I think Manchester City are going to be very hard to beat this season. Um, you know, sending Grealish is a brilliant bit of business. I can see them also sending Harry Kane, um, which again, I think about great bit of business. I would hope that Lionel Messi would get that heart strip on and come to heart, but I don't think that'll happen yet. Um, but I think, you know, I think tomorrow could be a really good game. Um, I think it could go very, it could go the way to penalties actually. Um, but for a curtain raiser, I think it could be a cracker. Five o'clock um, uh, kickoff, you say, Graham? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to contradict Graham and say four, four nil to Man City. Oh, there you go. Eh? Yeah, it's it's controversial. Graham against Reagan and the champ and the charity shield. Uh, Reagan, I wanted to get your views before we finish tonight about the 
what what do you think of this European format now that you've um we we've me and Grim spoke about this earlier on. What do you think of the Champions League and if you get not get the Champions League you go to the, the Europa Cup and don't worry because you'll still be in Europe if you get not get the the Europa Cup to the Conference League. What what do you think of that? I quite, I quite like it, uh, Michael, because if you look at it, teams like Aberdeen, Aberdeen, right? Aberdeen have been terrible in Europe for the past couple of years. But if you look over the past couple of games, they've been actually really, they've been playing really well. And I think it's a, it's a good thing because um, then you've got, you could possibly have five teams in European competition, you know? So from that point of view, but if you look at it from my team's buzz, they, 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 they're playing a team from I think it's Bulgaria in the in the in the qualifying. You're saying that that's not a great advert for the for the Europa Conference. Spurs against a team from from Bulgaria. I think it is. You know, I don't know how competitive the games are. But I would say from a from a Scotland point of view, it's a it's a good thing. I was saying to Graham as well, um, okay, it sounds, a bit sh- it sounds a bit silly, the format, but would you say that it helps like, the smaller teams, no disrespect to Aberdeen and St Johnson, because if they get knocked out the uh, European competitions, they're still guaranteed money. I mean, you just need to look at last night. I was screaming at the telly, I think my neighbour helped me next door. You know, St. Johnson to draw the Galatasaray is an outstanding achievement, mm, Michael. Yeah. I mean, St. Johnson, I mean, they, 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 they beat the best team in the world last season, Rangers, you know. They stopped Rangers winning the treble. So, no, I mean, I think uh, that uh, St. Johnson have done really well and Calvin Davidson, I expect St. Johnson uh, to attract interest for him. I don't know what Graham thinks about that. I think you're right. Um, I think Davidson was brilliant last season. You know, you can't take away from the fact he's won both the Cups. Um, they're the top six finish. I was speaking before to Michael um, about Sean Rooney. I think he's a brilliant player um, who could easily be in the Scotland squad. Um, if they can keep hold of Sean Rooney, I think that'll be massive for them. Um, but I honestly think Davidson has been brilliant for St Johnston. He is known as the Bell's Old Cafe to uh, people in Scotland. Yep. <laughs> I, w- I was saying that to um, to Grim as well. Um, I hope there's no St. Johnson fans listening to this, and they might be about annoying. I'm going to say it again, Graham. I can't believe I'm going to say it again, but he might be off at Christmas if it keeps up. Would you agree, Regan? If he scores a lot of goals, and also Graham was saying about it could have been uh, called up to the Scotland squad in the Euros. Yeah, I think especially because he scored in the two cup finals against Livingston and that's terrible, my God, I don't know who's played in the Scottish Cup final. Livingston and Hibs. Just as well, um, Matthew's not here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that he's a good player and um, I think St. Johnson will do well to keep a hold of him. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it's, it's good to see football back, as I said, Graham, uh, over the weekend, and also you've got the Premiership coming back as well. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, next weekend is the opening of the Premier League season. Um, next Friday, there's Brentford against Arsenal, um, which should be a decent game. But as what, the Brentford? Fan, I know, <laughs> as a Liverpool fan, we've got, uh, we've got Norwich away. I think it's oh. next Saturday night, possibly. Um, I didn't realise uh, Regan was a Spurs fan. Um, that's a shame. I suppose you've got to support a decent team in Celtic, I suppose. Um, but, nah, I think... I honestly, honestly can't wait. My only worry is, I really have a feeling that Man City might run away with the league. The way they're going now. They just keep spending money like it's confetti. Hmm. If Spurs have just bought a set of bag for £25 million, you know what I think Spurs have been the entire game? And it's sort of finished. Yeah, I've seen that earlier that Spurs have signed a centre-back. Um, he's no John Suter, though. <laughs> um, no, but I think Liverpool will do well this year, Graham. I think they're a very good team and I just feel like they just need a few more players to bring in. Yeah, the worrying thing for me is that it doesn't look like we're going to... We're going to be spending money. Um, it looks like we're having to sell Shakiri and Origi just to generate some cash. We need more options up front. Um, and I think having Virgil van Dijk back is massive because he's just unbelievable. Um, you know, I hope we can challenge again, but I think without additions, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good to see Van Dyke get getting back because he was out most of the well all the season last season, you know. Yeah, he was. It's great to see him back. Love the big man. Yeah, and it's good to see the Premiership back as well, and uh, on on the TV, the lights of Scottish football last night. Yeah, yeah, and um, two games on. Be um, there you go. Um, BBC, there you go. But um, other channels are available as well. But um, yeah, let, let's hope they keep it up throughout the season, you know. Okay, so mm-hmm. thanks for listening to The Locker Room this week. Uh, we'll be back.